0: welcome to the Faithless Brewing Podcast. I am your host, Dan Schriever, also known as Cave Dan online, and I'm joined this week not by David Robertson, he is traveling, so instead, we have my guy from Argentina. You know him, you love him, it's Emi Hey Heyo!
1: Hey Dan, how's it going? I was also told David was gonna be here today, and I just got a text on a facade yesterday like, hey, you know that about David? Yeah, he's on a trip.
0: So Emmy, <laughs> you're back in. Emmy,
1: you're back We're in. G- <laughs> get in here, you bad lad. And here I am. How is everybody doing?
0: Well, I mean, I'm, it's good to be here talking magic with you. Uh, in terms of how everything else is going, it's been a week. It's been a pretty bad week, actually, as far as, like, U.S. life and politics. I don't know if you've been following this from down in Buenos Aires.
1: I get the news. Like, I just get the big scopes. I think your system works in a way that's so completely different than anything else in the world that I just can't grasp exactly what's happening because you're the only country I know that works with, um, I don't know exactly, with precedent.
0: Oh, you mean like how the courts have to, in theory, follow the precedent of the court in the past?
1: So I don't get exactly the consequences of the actions that have happened. I do know that But I get the bigger image, the big scope, which, if I'm not mistaken, is that every state gets to now select on its own the legality regarding it, right?
0: Yeah, that's basically exactly it. So, for a long time, it was protected by a Supreme Court decision. So, the right for a person to choose, the right to privacy, which extended to a woman's right to make choices about her own reproductive health, you could not make a law banning abortion because that would violate. But the Supreme Court had decided, Oy. and they overturned that ruling. So now each state is allowed to make laws banning it, and this would include in the future, if or when you know the conservatives take over the presidency or the Senate, they could in theory you know promote a ban nationwide. Okay, yeah, that's tough. So it's kind of an in-between state. I mean, they've been working towards this for decades, so much so that. You know, it almost like didn't really compute for me. As a kid growing up, we learned that, you know, women have the right to choose, and this is a good thing, but there are also always people on the other side, and politicians have to weigh in. Like, where where do you fall on this debate, as they call it? But if it's up to the courts, like why was it ever a debate? Well, it turns out that, you know, there's been like this forty year campaign to like stack the courts with judges and get the political wins aligned just right, and now they just overturned it.
1: Yeah, it's Sort of insane looking at at, from the other side, right? From a country where that constant arguing if it should be legal or not is a constant thing that's going today, rather than what we're used to. Right? Like, it's not seeing a a country that has already seen its established thing lose it while you're fighting for it. When every single year there's multiple marches here by women looking for that same right.
0: So, what is the situation in Argentina?
1: So, it was Starting last year, there was a positive vote in the Senate, but it's still really far away from becoming a law. But the thing is, the country is completely divided on it. Because it isn't seen as a right here yet. Because it never was. So as it has never been, it's like the the first step. It's convincing the rest of the country it should be. Because a lot of people will just be like, why should it be the the same arguments that get used there are get are used here in much more numbers, right? Like the things you will hear, people will just use abortion as a way to as um as a prevention method rather than a, as an alternative or as a safekeeping alternative. You start hearing those things by the millions, and they just pile up.
0: So is it a religious thing? I mean, is there a large Catholic presence?
1: Argentina is a Catholic country. Today, I think USA is also. Man, there, there. It's both. Um, it's mostly a, a religious thing, I think, if I had to guess. But there's also a lot of movement in like saving at the life, right? The biggest argument here is always regarding: is it alive? Is it not? And are you actually killing someone? And that's like the crux of the argument. I see. But yeah, so it's sad to see a country that has already had established as getting revoked like all of a sudden, because there wasn't like a turmoil before it, right? It was like, or at least I didn't see any setup for it, like any previous announcement.
0: No, there was a a leaked document from mid-May. Essentially, the justices had like drawn up their, like a draft version of of the decision. And what finally came out was essentially saying what they said in the leaked draft. But I mean, this is like the thing that in some sense we've been preparing for this because this is what it's always about when you're fighting over you know who gets to appoint justices to the to the Supreme Court. One of the big coups that Trump actually succeeded in was putting three justices on the court, and now it's six to three in favor of conservatives, yeah, so I think like the moment of it is is like it's a lot to take in, and what's really confusing and I think scary for a lot of people, myself included is just like not quite sure. Not just what it means right now, but what it signals for where things are going.
1: What it shows in the long term, like if they can just revoke this from a day to an hour, what can happen in the long while?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the concerns. There's also like the very real immediate concern that, I mean, this is going to kill a lot of people. I'm not talking about killing babies. I'm talking about like actual alive people, <laughs> people you know and love will yeah. be suffering from this. I mean, I want to say like it shouldn't be a debate, but actually that's not really the right approach, I think. I think it should be debated. I do think that people's minds can be changed on this. Like, I, I, I feel like a lot uh, of the opposition to the idea of abortion is actually a little bit misguided and maybe just not quite empathetic enough. And part of it's rooted in, okay, if you grew up in certain religious settings or maybe just in certain political circles, you're used to hearing people say this, so it sounds normal. But I feel like if you do like have more conversations with people – on the other side who are pro-abortion. I don't mean just like pro-choice, but like pro-abortion, like this is important. I think it is possible to hopefully convince more people that uh, actually this is something we should be fighting for.
1: So as a bit of introspection into the debate topic, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm actually a sociology student in a public university here in Argentina. Public universities are free. Hmm. For some reason, Argentinian left, as is common of countries, Argentinian left is pro-choice, Argentinian right is pro-life. Before being in a sociology student in a Polygon University, I was an engineering student in a private one. Which means I have seen both sides of the argument discussed dozens, if not hundreds of times, and I have never seen anyone change its mind, and that's due that the debate is 99.9% of the time based on a... crooks idea that cannot be changed, which is regarding the fact if you're actually taking a life or not. I have no problem in saying I am pro-choice, of course, However, what I, see, what, I, what I mean is, I know a lot of people who are pro-life, not because they're trying to take the rights out of women, women but rather because they have been convinced that they're actually taking a life in doing so. And you cannot change a person's mind regarding that.
0: Well, what if you can, and we just haven't found the right way to do so yet?
1: Maybe some people can change that topic, but not in a debate. It will have to be a personal experience. It will have to be something bigger, I think. Because it's something so intrinsic in a person's thought. Like, you just cannot change a person's belief regarding a life. It's just too, It's just something too deep in, like, in its own mind, right? Like, it's just layers upon layers of belief constructed upon a single thing that's going to lead to that argument going completely different ways. So even with people that you can just agree to disagree, getting them to s- mm. just... Getting on the same side is always going to be tough. And I'm, of course, not talking about fanatics. I'm not talking about people doing this for... Of course, people doing this are doing this for reasons completely unforgivable and for completely, probably drastically, egoistical reasons. But the normal people are the ones that will support this, right? This has to be done not only by politics, but because a lot of people agree with this. And I think not all those people... Assholes.
0: no i mean what i'm what i'm picturing when i think about this is i mean i have a pretty large extended family so i'm thinking of like you know people in my family cousins aunts some friends in the past you know we've we've never made progress on this particular topic but it wasn't as urgent because you know it was settled law but now i'm thinking about it like okay like <laughs> we better have this conversation again like i mean i I understand what you're saying, that it's not going to be easy, but I just have to choose to be a little more optimistic about it.
1: I think it's more like uh, protests work as long as they are done correctly. At least they have worked here. And that's because they show that the majority of the people are agreeing on this topic. However, um whenever there's here a, a pro decision march, there's also a pro life march exactly on the other street, right?
0: Oh, it's the same here. Yeah.
1: Here we have what's called the, the, el panelo verde and, the, and el panuelo azul, which are like the, 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 white, the green handkerchief and the blue one, it's signifying something. And people just wear that in their... You will see people with that exact thing tied to their backpacks as they walk down the street or as they go to college. Like Public opinions here regarding that topic are actually a cause of constant debate. Because it's an ongoing fight for years.
0: Yeah, but I don't actually think it's 50-50, at least in the U.S., like some initial polling in the wake of the decision. Among women, it was like 67% opposed to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, 33% in favor. Among men, it was like 50-50. And that was like a little concerning. If it's men who are just like, yeah, sure, it's you're killing a baby. like That tells me it's like a little bit of like a lack of empathy.
1: That's part of the issue. That's always going to be it. Like, of course, on these rallies, you're going to see mostly women as well in here because most people look at their, their own asses, right? Like, looking at the day-to-day people, and that's exactly what you will see, 50% in men, while that's two-thirds to one in women. Alongside the fact that it really depends on what part of the country you're living Here in the capital, I know most people are actually per-choice, but if you go down to, like, the provinces, it's going to be the other way around. Yeah. And I think in the United States, you will see states that are quite clearly one-sided and on the other.
0: Yeah, and you'll be able to tell now because their laws will be drastically different.
1: But for example, here during the last year protest, regarding the topic, one of the most mentioned subjects was a 12-year-old girl who was forced to give birth.
0: And we have that here happening too. It's really horrific. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it also is just like, I feel like a little bit overwhelmed sometimes just with like a steady stream of bad news and setbacks on politics, on, you know, whatever else is going on in the United States. I don't talk about it much on the cast because it's not really related to magic. And it's also just like, yeah, that's not why you're here, why you're listening, I assume. But it does run the risk of reinforcing the sense that, okay, we shouldn't talk about it or there's actually nothing to say, nothing to do about it. There's a sense of helplessness that kind of sets in after a while.
1: I think that whenever you have the slightest degree of popularity or voice or, you know, people will hear to you, it is not only your right, but also your responsibility to show in these times of turmoil what side you're on, or at least support. show that you are supporting of a cause. Because if people don't speak, who does, right? I'm not, say- I'm not saying we are the ones that's going to convince area in thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, but if we don't do it with a few thousands, why would the bigger ones do it, right?
0: No, you're absolutely right, and I mean I'm glad that you are young and have courage. It's always safest to not touch these topics.
1: You're going to lose people absolutely because not a hundred percent of our audience is gonna agree with us, and that's why I'm respectful to the other side as long as they do so with not bad intentions because. I can't chase the way people were raised. I can't change the way people will believe. I can only show support to the people I think deserve the right to do so and if this makes someone stop hearing our podcast, I'm not sorry about it. It's a twenty minute chat regarding one of the most weird and probably catastrophic changes for a lot of people's life, and If I can spare twenty minutes to it and if you don't want to hear this, you will even have a button that will skip you to the end of it. If that's enough to take someone away then. I'm not gonna change my way of discussing it due to that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to think that most of our listeners kind of know where we stand on these things, although actually we haven't really talked about it before. So
1: we haven't discussed it, but you have talked about how you felt in the Discord, and I have made my comment from time to time regarding the things. So I don't think this is a shock to anyone to know what side of the street we are on. But it's just you know, sometimes you just need to see to say that. Sometimes you just need to talk about it. You need people to hear you talking about it, and you need to let it out. Sometimes the world is turning against you, sometimes things are not going the way they should, and when things are tough, there's no reason not to discuss it. Doom scrolling is never a good idea, then. Doom scrolling is gonna be the end of you while in these times.
0: Oh, this is not about. To... No, no, I know, I know. I'm just letting you know. Doom scrolling is the end of you. <laughs>
1: No-scrolling is the end of anyone's psyche. Like It's just going to destroy you. And at time, sometimes it's better to just let steam out and just not focus on what's happening online or what people will think. Like, being completely honest, if someone disagrees with me regarding this topic, please, if you want to discuss it, I'm always willing to debate. I love debate. I love talking. But if you just want to shout at me, you can shout into the void and I won't mind.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Like, if someone does want to have a honest discussion about it, we're here for that. I don't know where it will go, but I don't think it's the kind of thing where, you know, once you realize that we have a whole different views from you, like there's there's no path forward for us.
1: I mean, it's been a few years of weird stuff, right? Oh yeah. We have had debates regarding vaccines. We have had debates regarding abortion, regarding quarantine, regarding masks, and the world is in a weird, gloomy place where you just feel like your decisions don't matter because they are being made by people larger than us.
0: That's exactly it.
1: And I think. The only advice I can give to that is to keep your head up and go to the people you know you care about and stick with them and know that you will pull through it. And if you have to find your way out, you will. And that's for everybody, not just for you, then, like keep your heads up. Like, it's if the worst is to come, just let it come. And if it's just so, even if it has come, it's all better after now. But there's no point in just surrendering to the wave. <sighs>
0: the way that we encounter these things tends to be on our phones or our TVs and it's like a very lonely experience so it's it's important to find your people like it helped me to just like get out in the crowd you know my wife and I went to I wouldn't call it a protest it was a rally in downtown raleigh last week and it was just helpful to just be around other people even though i my immediate reaction is i don't know what to do i don't have to have all those answers myself like people have been working on this there are people who to talk to you're not alone in this. And there was some comfort in that.
1: Yeah, and you will always find comfort in either of both sides. And right now the thing is just sticking to your ground and fight the waves of what should come. I have seen a lot of people on our Discord assisting the protest and just being a part of trying to change things. And I have also seen people sharing safety during protest protocol. And that's just insanity, right? Like the fact you have to know how to protect yourself as you're going to a peaceful protest.
0: And there's other things you can do too. I mean, if getting out on the streets is not your thing, there's a lot of work still to do and it's going to be a marathon. I don't know where it ends, if it ever ends.
1: It's a weird couple of years. (laughs) Regarding a lot of topics, and the world has changed... A lot of people will say for worse. (laughs) I think most people will say for worse. And there's nothing to do but keep your head up, sadly. Like, what you're looking for is words of encouragement. All I can say is you will find comfort in the people you, you, you love. You are safe right now. And if you're not safe because of the changes, I really hope it's going to be better. At least in the long run.
0: Well, we're not going anywhere. We'll be here today. We'll be here on Monday. We'll be here next week. So,
1: Are you going to be here next week? No, you're not. I am here next week. I
0: won't, but you will be.
1: <laughs> yeah. As you see that, guys, the CEO always lies.
0: If I say it's Friday, you know that it's not Friday. It's definitely not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we have never once recorded on a Friday when I have said it's Friday. I
1: think once we recorded on a Sunday where you said it was Sunday.
0: That was just by chance. Yeah, once. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, this is not meant to be like a definitive statement or anything, but just maybe an open invitation. If-
1: no, it's an open invitation to debate, and it's an open invitation, at least from my side. If anybody needs to talk, if anybody needs an ear, if anybody needs a shoulder, if somebody just wants to distract themselves talking about magic or actually discussing the topics or just anything you need, you know how to contact me. I have a lot of... You You can find me Discord, Twitter. Sometimes just having a... Either to hear you, even if it's better than shouting into the void. And if you want to make it public, we have the Discord where you can discuss, and if not, you can find me everywhere. And just having someone to talk to, having someone to air your problems a lot of the time is enough to help somebody. Stay put. Just keep your head up. Well said. There's this YouTuber I have been looking for a while whose name is Tomatoenus. Disregarding the, the name from Tomato Enus. The guy is a speedrunner that in every single one of his videos... This is something I wanted to discuss with you if I could do, so I'm going to take this as a yes. (laughs) Um, In every single one of his his speedrun videos, the speedrun gets a bit slow. He takes like 30-40 seconds to tell everybody that it's going to be all right. That if anybody needs to hear this, it's not the end. That the things are going to keep going. And if you're feeling down, just please know it's going to be better. And if you need help, you always know where to find us or actually real help. It's just like thirty, forty seconds of trying to reaffirm people in a low place that it's going to be better. And they, it sounds crazy, but when you need to hear that, even hearing it from a random speedrunner named Tomatoenus on YouTube helps. What was his name? Tomato Tomatoenus.
0: I thought you said tomato, and then the second word. I won't repeat what I thought you said, <laughs> but um, that was interesting.
1: I think. I wait. The correct word is. I think the word you're hearing.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And we so. But that's an important message, actually. So, uh, who, who am I to?
1: At least, so I. Th- I don't think it's wrong. Uh, during our episodes, just a thirty-second segment, letting people know it's going to be better, and just people knowing that you are heard and there's support for you, even now and even later, disregarding of what happens.
0: Well, I feel better hearing you say that. So it's working.
1: See? The power of tomato waves.
0: <laughs> All right, more do you want to talk about a little magic since we're here?
1: Since we're here. Now that we're here.
0: Well, speaking about activism. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little activist deck building going on here.
1: That's a long shot. That's a long shot, Union.
0: Was that not a good transition? That's actually the first item on my outline of decks to talk about.
1: That was excellent. <laughs> but you're missing some housekeeping to do.
0: Ah, correct. Yes. Housekeeping. Yeah. Before we dive in, so what we want to do with the rest of our time here today is we're going to talk about some of the new technology. Things are always changing. Pioneer has just been an amazing place to see the new tech coming in. Modern? People are trying. People are out there working. So we're going to look at some of the developments there. That's today's show. On Monday, we are going to have our brew session. We're going to take a look at Opnik's list, the adversary. Give him a second chance, perhaps. We will tell you about our testing with moderation and maybe check in on our monthly project on Ginny Faye. We also have some new patrons that we want to welcome to the Faithless family. They are Ben H., Keith S., and Pink Hat Boy. Also want to give a shout out to Michael R., who has gone up a tier in their pledge. So just a reminder that if you want to support us patreoncom slash Brewing. That's where you can do so, and you'll get access to our Discord channel and other perks as well.
1: Exactly, and you can support more screaming weird stuff into the void. <laughs> you know it, guys. Seeing number go up goes makes my monkey brain go brr. <laughs> That's how it works. I'm a simple man.
0: All right. So.
1: So, regarding the activist deck building. Around 10 days ago, I got a weird message in a Discord by Bob49 saying, Guys, what happens if you play an extremely bugged card? And the answer everybody gave was, you're going to get banned. And what we were wondering at, we see a screenshot of a egg featuring beloved card from I don't know which set, from I don't know which era, because that card is terrible, named Sacred Ground a Clown, for anybody that has no idea which it is, which I'm gonna guess is everybody that doesn't play Commander every single day of their lives, is a two-man enchantment one and a white that reads, Whenever a land you control gets destroyed by an ability or spend an opponent's control, you may return that land into play. However, as it was coded on MTGO, it said, Whenever a land you control gets destroyed, return to play. This means it was a fast bond combined with Ramunap Excavator for two mana and not paying life. It was a
0: that too insane, wait, wait, a fast bond? so you you get to just keep doing this until you run out of lands the fence? Yeah,
1: yeah you really that's made because you fetch fetching gets back, you fetching gets, fetch gets back, you fetch it gets back, you fetch it gets back oh no yeah, yeah, it was too mana win <laughs> the game because you got to infinite go <laughs> score to your opponent, for example.
0: well, they would get their land back too right? no, no,
1: you and you go scored again and again and again.
0: But don't their lands just keep coming back?
1: It's Sacred Ground on both sides? I don't think so.
0: Well, actually, I mean, I haven't seen this bug. I I didn't even know this card was modern legal. (laughs) No, no, like Sacred
1: Ground sites, Whenever So Sacred Ground, what what Sacred Ground should do is that if you get Ghost Quarter, you get your land back, right? What it did was that if you Ghost Quarter someone, you got your own Ghost Quarter back.
0: Oh, and they did not get their land. Okay, I was i was misreading this bug. I thought they were that both players. No, and if you
1: fetch, you just got your fetch back, again and again, and you kept fetching.
0: Okay, so this is blatant cheating. This is.
1: Yeah, this was so. What did this player do? He played it an escape shift deck where you can just go turn one of Graceford turn two lands, sacred ground, fetch, 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 escape win.
0: That's very impressive deck building. (laughs) I mean, no, no,
1: that's not very impressive deck building. The other deck (laughs) is very impressive, bad deck building. So there's two decks regarding Sacred Crown. The first deck made by this activist known as Swift War And why are we calling it an activist? Because after getting reprimanded by the public, his answer was, I want to play this card in Penny Dreadful for a year, and I have been unable to do so due to it being bugged.
0: So he finally took the bugged card, put it into a scapeshift deck, entered a high-level tournament, and made it top 32.
1: Exactly. Which is weird, because if you just want to make it posted, you can just go 5-2, but he decided to go all-in on a 6-1. Which is a bit shocking, because how <laughs> did he go 6-1? Like, I want to give him the small amount of credit that's saying this card is so busted. I don't think he could have lost a game without giving it away. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe he decided to not go 7-0. On the other side, we have... So this guy made a scapeshift deck, other white another sacred crown, and just went with it. On the other side, we had someone on a league just 100% going for the full-on exploit. Did you see the cascade deck?
0: I saw this in the 5o dump from The Watch Wonder. So this, this person, I don't think they're an activist unless they come forward and no, say...
1: No, no, this guy's guy a simply asshole. He's simply an asshole. There's no more to say. There's nothing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> he just went So this
0: person on. was not content to just draw their sacred ground some of the time. They actually wanted to cascade for it, so they would have it every single time.
1: So they're playing eight cascade spells on a band deck, and everything else is infinite mana payoffs. Because they have any cascade, cascade spell plus a or Ghost Quarter is an instant win. And they just went hard with it. And that's insanity. And even the sideboard sucks. The deck building is bad. And that's what annoys me the most. How can you exploit a bag and be so bad of a deck builder to make these choices?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so there's a car in Wishboard. It's not... Totally crazy. There's yeah.
1: a kind wish for. Okay, no, no, I get that. Like, why, why are you playing one Eternal Witness? Why are you playing one Failure to comply? Why are you playing one Verdict Main Deck? Why are you playing a 10-mana thir- a Ulamo? And why are you playing only one Hydra instead of good cards? Like, you know what I mean?
0: Hmm. Searching for the reason here. <laughs> I'm sure there is ah, one. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you, you want to win via cheating, and even then you suck at the game. That's the only thing I can even... Wonder.
0: So there's no Emrakul 15. Here.
1: This guy, kind of... and I'm gonna say the worst part, this guy exploited the bug without caring about it, and still only has one trophy on MTGO, which is this one. Which means, he either played a single league and got a 5-0, or he was such a bad deck builder and player that he couldn't get more than one 5-0, even mm-hmm. exploiting the bug.
0: I hope that this player does not listen to this episode. I hope he does. <laughs> Well, who knows? I mean, they, maybe they were so moved by uh, the other person's Swift Workite's activist movement that they wanted to get in on the action before. I mean, actually, Magic Online responded today and banned the card temporarily. Let
1: me check um, I, Let me check who was first. Watch Wonder was
0: first. Oh, Watch Wonder was first?
1: Um, 7 p.m. on June 25th.
0: Okay.
1: I love that the show lets you see the astrophy from people.
0: But no, Swift Work Height was also on June 25th Same and day. they played it earlier in the day in the challenge.
1: This also shows me Cave Dan has zero modern trophies.
0: Correct. <laughs> it's, I never represented otherwise. <laughs> I never claimed to get a modern trophy. I was trophy. going to say when
1: your last trophy was only to come up with the answer that. Our, there was none.
0: No, I'm sitting this season out. Saving myself for the next trophy. Saving
1: yourself for the next league, for the big leagues. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, So yeah, Sacred Ground was banned from every single format today, um, Wednesday 29th, which means you're not going to find it anymore. The card has not been fixed, but it has been banned from everything, which is the MTGO way. (laughs) Why fix it when we can ban it?
0: So that was a fun little excursion into the world of Magic Online bugs, but if you're wondering why is there this Sacred Ground deck in the top 32 of the modern challenge that is the reason that's the story you can check out fire shoes that's robert taylor at fire shoes on twitter he's got the tweets he's got the receipts he's got the yeah discussion with the, the pilots. where you
1: will find uh possibly activists who i'm not judging until i have all the info and an asshole who has zero deck building capabilities <laughs> and that's that's what annoys me you know that it's the same that when you lose, that, like this happened a lot to me when I lost to the Abundant Growth bag, and it was like, I don't care if I had lost a good game, I care when I'm losing to Murphle. Here's the same thing I don't care if I vote with the bag, I care if I vote with the bag while being bad. It hurts me to my very soul.
0: All right, so I'm going to jump around a bit. I think we're going to move over mostly to Pioneer for this next segment because that's where I found a lot of innovation.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Got about twenty-five lists here. I've tried to like condense them into meaningful trends. We'll see if this actually succeeds in presenting something coherent.
1: You know, you know, I am incapable of doing that. Yeah, you know, I'm incapable of <laughs> yeah. of cohesive so- of co- co- cohesive cohesive co-
0: cohesive,
1: yeah, cohesive, co- cohesive yeah. so- thoughts. I just jump around.
0: Let's talk about Illuminator Virtuoso. Illuminator Virtuoso. One and a white. This is from Nuka Penna, so it's on theme for our season, Nuka Penna season. <laughs> Human rogue, 1-1 one, one, double strike. Whenever Illuminator Virtuoso becomes the target of a spell you control, it connives. That is to say, you draw, you discard. If you discard a non-land, you grow your Illuminator Virtuoso with a plus one plus one counter.
1: And first of all, before we go on, Virtuoso is back with ground Rift. For anybody that doesn't know that.
0: Bugged like it doesn't work or like it doesn't, it doesn't
1: work. work and it should work if it's the only creature. For some reason, MTGO, if it's the only creature, it doesn't consider it as if it's being targeted multiple times. As long as there's a, any other creature on board, it counts.
0: Alright, so what's going on with Illuminare Virtuoso? Well, if you look in Pioneer, you'll find that right when Nukopeta came out, Boros Heroic, which is, you know, a tier two sometimes tier one and a half deck in pioneer started testing it and people liked it a lot and they found that okay like this is actually greatly improving the power of my uh, heroic draws right i'm already playing cards like ancestral anger god's willing defiant strike homestead courage is a card that has been in and out of the heroic list in pioneer that's i
1: can't believe they cut that card that card for me is insane
0: yeah, it was interesting, right? I mean, it looks so powerful. It's a single white to cast, a single white to flash it back. It puts a plus one, plus one counter on your creature and gives it vigilance until the end of the turn. So it's just really cheap two, two targets on your creature. And you can even discard it. So I don't know why like it had fallen out of heroic for a while, but now that you have this connive creature as your, your kind of featured threat, Homestead Courage is amazing. You can even discard it for value if you like,
1: exactly. don't have
0: anything else, but you should probably just cast it twice and kill them.
1: And get Double Triggers
0: going. Yeah, so I've been getting crushed by this deck quite a lot. It's actually very, very strong against the green decks, which is like one of the more popular decks right now in Pioneer. So what happens when a deck like Heroic gets a cool new addition? Well, people start to notice. It takes a while, but they start to think, okay, what can Eliminator Virtuoso do for me? Right? Maybe my deck, which is not as streamlined or not as good as Red, White, Heroic, could also use this card. So, players who are like in the auras space have tried it. Uh, I'm looking at a green white auras deck, a black white auras deck. These are both in the 5 Os this week in Pioneer. Cutting into that two slot, I mean, you used to expect to see a full boat of SRAM, a full boat of Light Paws, and now they're saying, okay, let's actually let's give Illuminator Virtuoso a chance.
1: Why is this Maru? Why does this have only one red card? Why? Is this David? Which deck? Is this David? Adding a random of color third card third color to your deck? The Mardu Auras. It's not Orso, it's Mardu. It has one messenger speed. It has one red aura. It has a well, one there's, of.
0: There's no red lands in there. There's Mana Confluence! So you're not actually casting the Messenger Speed. You're searching for this with Lightpaws.
1: <laughs> oh okay, okay. Okay. That's a reasonable argument.
0: So messenger speed is red. It gives your enchanted creature haste and trample, but light pause. Unless you search the deck and just put it directly onto Light Paws for the kill.
1: I'm going to take that and still complain. Because this is Mardu, <laughs> and it seems like something David would make, all of a sudden adding a random third color to a deck that's two.
0: I understand, I understand.
1: Sorry, David, I love you.
0: Okay, so Black White Auras, they kept their four Light Paws, they kept their four SRAMs. It looks like they cut into their one drop, so they they trimmed on Hateful Eidolons and all state of Lice Bounty.
1: In order to add two Virtuosos.
0: Yeah, add two Virtuosos. This green-white deck, I would call it almost like a Hexproof deck, but like only halfway there. I'm calling it like half Hexproof. This is from Moyashi6498. They're playing Glade Cover Scout, but they are not playing Basara Tower Archer, which is the two-mana Hexproof creature. Instead, they're just playing Selfless Saviors, Generous Visitors. That's kind of surprising. Um... And four Eliminator Virtuosos with two paws. I don't quite understand the numbers here. I didn't
1: know that card existed. The Tower Archer.
0: (laughs) The Tower Archer? Green, green for a 2-1 Hexproof. Reach. I think it has reach. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible card, so...
1: It makes sense to cut it, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. But yeah, this is a weird egg.
0: This green one... Feels like it's being carried by Illuminator versus so I don't see the other cards actually getting there. Like Generous Visitor, I want to like it, but I just don't think it's that powerful. It's this is a single green spirit, one one, whenever you cast an enchantment spell, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature.
1: The good thing about the visitor is if you have two creatures, you go double threat by putting the arrows on one and putting the counters on the other one. Allows you to at least try to diversify your threats.
0: That's the best case, yes.
1: Also, as every single deck, I think all these decks have literally two copies of Unlicensed of Sideboard. As every deck.
0: F- oh, yeah, you have to.
1: But every- everybody has two. Not three, not
0: one. Yeah, the- no, you- you're only allowed to play yeah, two. Yeah, you're
1: only allowed, and you're <laughs> forced to. Like, it's not your option anymore.
0: That's why it's 40 ticks right now. <laughs> you have to play two.
1: Also, I have been. I think everybody knows by now I hate Ledger Shredder. And I have had this debate in a, like for the past week where I have been saying like mid May I I was discussing with the Argentinian group that literature was going to be worth fifteen ticks by the end of June because I keep saying the card is horribly overplayed and I'm gonna die by my blade.
0: <laughs> I hope you didn't like short sell a bunch of Shredder.
1: Never, I would, I never own literature.
0: <laughs> you would not uh, financially recover from that.
1: <laughs> I will never financially recover from this move.
0: I mean, you can short-sell a Magic Online if you have a rental service. You can rent yeah. letter shredders, sell them, and then try to buy them back later. But you shouldn't do that. That's against the terms. Guys,
1: don't listen to the CEO advice.
0: Do not sell letter shredders at 15 <laughs> and hope to recoup them later.
1: <laughs> don't go against my traders, everybody. My traders is cool. Yeah. My traders is love. My traders is life. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored.
0: So Illuminator Virtuoso... Experimenting in Pioneer, can it make the jump to modern? Well, Aspiring Spike thinks so. I don't know if he still thinks so, but <laughs> he was tweeting a lot about this.
1: He loved the deck. I was watching the stream. He really enjoyed it, and he even lost a game to the bag I just mentioned, where he only had Illuminator Vitros on board, opponent made some Rhinos to block, and their used should have been like an 11 11 Double Strike, and it was a 7 7, which cost him the game.
0: So explain how this deck is built. This is like a modern interpretation of Heroic.
1: So this is based on a really old deck, likely around the time I started playing, based around... um, The original deck leaks was Nimaus Elemental alongside Storm Spells and Metamorphos. And that just evolved completely over the years, especially with Strixhaven, because of cards like Clever Luminancer, which also had an upside from Storm, right? Because mm-hmm. any other prowess creature, a storm spell is meaningless. Casting stormwave with a. Casting groundwave and stormwave with a monastery swift spear is irrelevant. However, you cast a groundwave with a clever monster and all of a sudden it is a plus 10, plus 10. Same with a Nymphouse elemental. And now, also same with Illuminator Virtuoso. As you target it with every single copy of the storms, you get another connive trigger.
0: It's interesting, they all like. All four of these creatures, Swift Spear, Lumomancer, Niv and Virtuoso, like they, they use a different mechanic to grow.
1: They are completely different, spe- exactly, and that's re- I love that. But now that you have a critical number of creatures that get buffed from from storm spells, Spike has even gone as far ahead as you play a show of confidence.
0: Show of confidence? Okay, this is like the the storm card from Strixhaven.
1: But it only copies itself for its instant as sorcery. Puts a plus one plus one counter on target creature and gives it vigilance.
0: So what can we expect in the spell suite? You're talking about Ground Rift, which is only there to trigger Magecraft a bunch of times and generate copies for Niv Megas Elemental to eat.
1: Well, and making your creatures unblockable.
0: Okay, yeah, it does prevent the opponent from blocking, sure. So
1: then you have... Immersion's Cave, which is one white mana, creature gets protection, and it also has rebound, which having rebound is really important in this deck because I have seen Spike a lot of the time using this proactively on your opponent's turn, like your opponent casting nothing, only to get the rebound on his turn as a free spell. Like casting some on my opponent's end step, upkeep rebounds, giving pro green, being able to attack against Yogmoth, and just getting that free spell. Lavadart, Mutagenic Growth, which is the freest of spells, Manamorphose, which is... In between quotes, the free spell. Ancestral Anger, which is 1 red mana, draw a card, target decrease, trample, and plus X plus O, where X is the number of Ancestral Angers in your graveyard. So it's a 1 re- one red mana cantrip that targets, alongside Homestead Courage, which we described as the 1 white mana, put a counter, and give vigilance with flashback. Amazingly, this deck seems to work like a burn deck, like a really aggressive deck, and the only damage spell it has is Slavadart. It doesn't even have Bolt.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating.
1: It was something that was really discussed in the stream while we were watching it. It doesn't even have Bolt. It has almost no reach as a creature aggro deck, which is insane. And something really common was, for example, going Illuminator Virtuoso, Lavadar did to trigger Conal, and then Lavadar did again. Like, self-lavadar the Virtuoso as a way to pump it.
0: So it has double strikes. You're, you're net gaining when you do this. Exactly. So Spike tweeted that he went 12-6 and 6 on stream the other day. I... I Assume a 5 was is coming. He tends to see these things through. And it's pretty cool builds.
1: It's a really fun deck, I was seeing. It was really fast. He got crushed some games by Variants. Like, one time he was facing Rhinos and he just won game 1. Game 2, he moved down to 2 and conceded, like on the Mulligan. And then game 3, he lost to the Ground Rift Bag. It was devastating. <laughs> and then Tron just went something like turn 1 map, turn 2 dismember, turn 3 Thraktask, turn 4 Yuin. And they're just like, okay, <laughs> I'm done.
0: All right, so that's Illuminator Virtuoso. Speaking of Aspiring Spike, um, the next card that I want to talk about is Indomitable Creativity. We're back in Pioneer again. We've talked in previous weeks about how the card Titan of Industry has led to like a little bit of a resurgence of people trying to transmogrify various tokens to Get the Titan of Industry into play, and the most successful builds seem to be the Gruel Shell, where you have Transmogrify, you have Luca, Copper Outcast. Luca. Typically, not playing the Indomitable Creativity in that build because you want to be able to take advantage of cards like a Seeker's Chariot. Mm-hmm. However, Transmogrify and Luca, you know, these are vulnerable to removal and response. You know, it's a very different style of deck than what we've seen. Especially in modern, of like indomitable creativity targeting artifact. Happens. Yeah. This is mana simple. Where are you when we need you? Yeah. Show us the way.
1: Sack, can you show us the way of the creativity? But I think Mr. Ray might be a suitable replacement for Sack for this specific topic.
0: Yeah. So people are like trying to make this happen again. I, I know Aspiring Spike in Pioneer has been playing like a fairish version where when you're in Is it Colors, you have various treasure makers like Prismari Command and et cetera, et cetera. And his top end is, like, Torrential Gearhulks and Magma Opus, and that's it, right? Creativity is nice when you get it, but, you know, you can get a couple of Gearhulks off yeah. it, but that, that's all you're getting with it. There is another way, though. You can actually win the game off creativity. If you do it for X equals 2 in Pioneer, you can get two creatures that combine to deal lethal damage. And we used to see this with um, the Locust God plus Sage of the Falls. Uh, the card Sage of the Falls. The Causes you to keep looting until you have all the locusts you need to attack. The other way to do it is to use Zen and Ghost God of Revels, plus a very very large creature. And while we don't have Emrakul, fifteen and Pioneer, we do have Emrakul, thirteen, and that's that's still usually enough. Right? That's
1: twenty six flying damage protection from instants alongside a legendary enchantment indestructible, indestructible enchantment.
0: So, do you think that's actually harder to disrupt than Locust God plus Sage of the Falls?
1: I mean, Locus God, Sage of the Falls fails to any removal on Sage of the Falls, which is a lot easier to kill than Emrakul.
0: I suppose that's true. If people like were prepared to kill Winota with a lightning axe or something, they can easily kill Sage of the Falls.
1: I mean, it's really hard to kill Emrakul. I mean, you either need to kill the Emrakul, which is not easy because it's pro instance, and how do you kill? A, how do you kill an Emrakul in Pioneer?
0: Wandering Emperor, maybe? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's all that comes to mind. I mean,
1: Wandering Emperor works against one and not the other, right? Like, he stops Emrakul, but it doesn't stop Locust Court plus Sage.
0: Well, the trend right now is Xenagos plus Emrakul. And we have Mr. Rabe to thank for this. A friend of the show, terrific brewer, he's been working on... His a build, which uses this, I mean, it's almost like a splinter twin finish, right? When he casts Creativity X equals two, he is going to get Emrakul cool, and Xenagos. But what's the rest of the deck?
1: So the rest of the deck is exactly ways to make sure he has those two artifacts, mostly via Secrets of the Key, which took me a second to even remember what that card was, and Big Score. Alongside that, another more secret way to make two tokens is Sokensan,
0: more secret than secrets of the key
1: (laughs) at least more playable
0: i don't think we've seen very much from secrets of the key i initially like flagged it as okay what if this was good in creativity but it's just so slow it was so slow that i couldn't even use it in draft which was a little sad it's one to cast four to flashback. it makes a clue when you cast it it makes two clues when you flash it back it's like a three for one
1: it's like it's like 11 mana those three cards what could go wrong?
0: <laughs> it's exactly. This tireless tracker's is the numbers, maybe. I mean, if
1: tireless tracker made its way back to modern, why can't Secrets of the Key?
0: So big score is just the upgraded version of Unexpected Windfall. But I'm, I'm happy to yeah. see Mr. Rabe unlocking the power of Secrets of the Key. He didn't stop there, though. He actually is playing full set of Fire Prophecy. This is three damage, lets you tuck a card from your hand, so if you've accidentally drawn one of your creatures, you just put it back.
1: Yeah, it's key putting back in the bottom because it, if you just throw, you have one copy of each, which means throwing a copy and not being able to shuffle it back means you cannot combo.
0: Exactly. He's also got four Valkyte Awakenings for the same reason. The other card that you might not expect is Arcane Infusion. This is blue-red instant. It also flashes back for five. Look at your top four, choose instant or sorcery, put it in your hand, the other three go on the bottom. It's just good clean card advantage, decent selection you know you see more cards than anticipate and you get to do it twice when all the cards you're looking for all your secrets of the keys all your big scores your indomitable creativities these are all eligible to be found off the art infusion this is much more efficient than something like you know pieces of the puzzle for example
1: yeah and it also allows you to find land sometimes thanks to Balakut awakening and spike Will hazard so, worst case scenario, it can actually transform into a land. The only card you cannot get that might be relevant is Shark Typhoon, but I don't think that's much of an issue when you have such a big number of fitness sorceries.
0: Yeah, this is a nice bit of deck building here. I also noticed a player, Graugat, who was using the same concept, but instead of pairing the red cards with blue, they were going almost mono-red, just splashing for two Wandering Emperors and four Birth of Miletus but in order to support this, they were playing four big scores and four unexpected windfalls. So really relying on that effect. Full 8 copies.
1: On the treasure-making side. Also, four fables.
0: Four fables. Is Mr. Vade playing fable? I guess he's not.
1: No, he's not. And the reason for that, yeah, I was actually reading down the Twitter post, and he said his main plan is making sure opponent's removal is completely dead. Interesting. Sort of when you play like Reanimator X, he doesn't want the opponent to have any single possibility of getting a one-for-one trade on his removal, so no creatures that he can't rely on. And that's exactly why he's going full-on artifacts, except for weird case, more specific cases that are already two-for-ones like Shark Typhoon or Socken Sun.
0: So that's two different ways to win off Indomitable Creativity and Pioneer. And perhaps an indication that we should be looking more closely at the Big Score Unexpected Windfall package. Another player, Togno, actually took this to like the next step, which is saying, okay, if, if cards like Big Score and Unexpected Windfall are good, maybe I don't even need creativity. Maybe I just have a very compact endgame of ramping to hullbreaker Horror. And I just built Is it control with Windfall cards? Eventually. Get my treasures, cast Hellbreaker Horror, and went from there and they got a
1: 5-0. I love that it's playing a really 2018 modern idea which was, you know this control deck with no creatures? What if post cyborg I just add for young pyromancers? <laughs> I just call go the good old beatdown plan. I love that. I, I love Young Pyromancer. I want to play young Pyromancer. I miss Mardupaido. <laughs> I love Mardupaido.
0: Yeah, I heard you were working on a twelve pyromancer deck in modern the other day. I love
1: making bad decisions, and I love young pyromancer. Who would have said so?
0: So, the next trend is red decks writ large.
1: Oh, I saw this. I love this. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the protagonism from Dan and just go on. Big red is back. We got chunky red again, and I just freaking love the name chunky red. So I'm really happy that they stopped playing Burn and we're playing Chunky again.
0: I don't think this counts as Chunky. I mean, there's, there's no Glorybringers. If
1: it plays Torbrand, it's Chunky. If it plays multiple fall drops, it's Chunky. I have no further arguments.
0: There's two Torbrands and one Hazret, and that's the top of the curve. That's
1: all I need. It plays 4 Annex. How, how aggressive can a 4 Annex deck be? The answer is really
0: all right. So this is like the standard deck of old.
1: I just love red decks. Like I just like, for example, I'm Hayash red. I love red decks that are not just ball to the wall, Sagro.
0: So this deck, big red, chunky, if you prefer, played by Stranger Ninety Nine, to a top eight in the Pioneer Challenge. Um, it's pretty unconventional as far as rounding out the curve, right? Like, how do you make room for four copies of N X Hardened by the Forge, three Embercleaves? You end up not really playing any spells. In fact, there are so few spells that there's no prowess prepackage. There's two minus sorceries Swift beers, zero soulscar mage.
1: You even have the whole playset of Kumano faces Kagasan.
0: Well, that's just good value. So you have four Kumanos, four fanatical firebrands. That's maybe a nice card against Lanore elves, if that's the concern.
1: I think that's the argument. Yeah, that was what I saw Connorman saying.
0: Try and get on the board with two drops. That means burning tree emissaries to get your devotion count up to get your Annex. Annex (laughs) bigger. As as big as you can for that delicious, delicious Embercleave.
1: And three Embercleaves. So Embercleave is back on the menu a lot of these decks. And basing myself, there's also the gruel version by Tarsi, which has the same idea just taken to the next level, adding mana dorks. And I'm really sad The rural mana base is so bad in Pioneer.
0: I mean, we were saying that for years it's got the pathway, but nothing else has improved.
1: This deck would not be mono-red if they could afford to not be mono-red.
0: So your green is four Elvish Mystic, four Llanowar Elves, three News, four Lovestruck Beast, one Questing Beast. I mean, what is this? Is this like Eldraine standard? <laughs> Everyone just, like, found their old Eldrian Standard decks and just registered them for Pioneer and won.
1: I mean, it's playing a... uh, Love, Dark Beast is a hell of a card in these aggressive mid-range decks. And I love that it's playing the whole eight Rubble Master Warboss.
0: This would be a great Ginny deck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, we have gone gone full circle. We're back to Ginny everybody. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people trying out various flavors of red aggro. Do you want to give a shout-out to Raptor995, friend of the show? He's been working on this sweet Magda deck, and they finally got the 5-0 last week. This is one of the coolest decks in the dump. So the great promise of Magda is, like, what if you not only could tap it to, like, generate an explosive burst of treasures, but what if you also had, like, dwarves? (laughs) Like, additional dwarves. What if I
1: have dwarves? (laughs)
0: Wouldn't that be amazing, right? So Toolcraft Exemplar is the only good dwarf. (laughs) But Raptor995 was not satisfied with that, right? He said, like, okay, we can do this.
1: We can play bad dwarves.
0: Sram, Senior Edificer, is a dwarf. A dwarf advisor.
1: The Innkeeper is a halfling? Come on. Come That's a honorary dwarf, to say the least.
0: That's just basic stuff, I mean, come on. (laughs) Bilbo is not a dwarf, right? He's a halfling. <laughs> it's...
1: Not just a cheap shot.
0: Okay, so you can't play SRAM if you're not playing Auras, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, what is it doing for you? Well, it turns out the SRAM actually triggers off of equipments and vehicles. So what if I'm actually building out a magna deck with vehicles like Aseeka's Chariot, like Heart of Kieran, and equipments for which we have the new reconfigure mechanic, and we can play rabbit batteries.
1: Oh, that's what the batteries are for.
0: So we have a full play set of rabbit battery. So four rabbit battery, four toolcraft exemplar, four prosperous skin keeper, four magda, four SRAM. What a creature suite. That's an amazing creature suite. Four springleaf drum. We're going to get our magda tap on to ramp into these Azikas chariots. We have four fable of the mirror breakers, three showdown of the skulls, and there's been some spectacular screenshots that Raptor shared on Discord of, like...
1: Ah, I love showdown of the skulls. I, I'm so easily swayed.
0: Toolcraft Exemplar, with, like, three extra counters on it from showdown of the skulls, getting buffed by Magda, cruising in, making the fifth treasure, opponent blocks, sack the five treasures, fetch the Cleave. Excellent. Get in for, like, 18 damage.
1: <laughs> get in with, like, a madman. What's the justification for the Innkeeper, then? Just turn three as chariot?
0: That's a great question. So I think you do want some amount of artifacts to make your toolcraft exemplars like, a little more reliable. Uh, it gives you treasure towards Magda, it gives you a little bit of extra mana so that your chariots and showdowns are a little more explosive. I'm
1: just trying to think about w- when is it better than Thraven?
0: Well, Thraven is like a mana-hungry card that doesn't actually pressure the opponent that well, and it's not a dwarf, right?
1: I mean, in Keeper... Doesn't pressure and it's not at war. It's weird.
0: You could try like uh, Gala Greeters maybe yeah. if you want tapped treasures. It's probably worse.
1: Besides that, I really like the deck and I keep seeing favor of the Middle Breaker everywhere. card has been surprising even in modern nowadays. And of course, as necessary by law, two unlicensed cards in the cyborg. Come on, everybody! Can someone play three cards for fuck's sake?
0: This one triggers SRAM. When you cast your hearse, you draw a card. <laughs> so then play three. Why you gotta play two? Raptor. Well, maybe you just Ra- can't Ra- afford them. They're they're forty five tickets right Raptor. now. Raptor,
1: I know you're hearing this program. Pour a third of fucking hearse, <laughs> please.
0: Uh, all right. So, <laughs> lots of different red decks in the five O dumps. Yeah. Um, a lot of variations on mono-red.
1: I mean, and there's... I think if we're going to jump out of the mono-red decks, I want you to talk about what's one of the craziest decks I have seen in Pioneer in a while. Oh, please do. Prime Speaker Banifar, Pod.
0: Banifar-pod combo, hmm?
1: So, when Banifar got spoiled and released in Modern, people went quickly ahead and made... They made the pod build. And this worked by transforming a mana into a Corior Monitor, into Radier, into, re- into Resto Angel, into sorry, not Resto Angel because Resto Angel blinks, into the weird blue hipp- hippocampus that untaps, into Kiki, into comboing with Corior Monitor with infinite one force. So of course when we go down to Pioneer we have none of those parts of the combo, right? So how do you combo if you're not going infinite? Because why would you try to combo with a four-drop that needs to untap? And the answer is, you don't go infinite. <laughs> you just put 12 creatures on play and a took to rubble for it and hope it's enough. <laughs> so what you do is you have a one of corridor monitor in your deck. And you have a lot of mana drugs. So let's just say you play a turn 1 Elvish stick, a turn 2 Crashing Drawbridge, which is the bridge from Eldrain that you just tap to give haste to your creatures, into a turn 3 Banifar, tap your bridge, give it haste. So you sacrifice your 1-drop, get a your Monitor, and tap your Banifar. And then start sacrificing your monitor and get a rallyer, get it back, a Rallier, get it back, a Rallier, get it back, an Extraction Specialist, get it back, an Extraction Specialist, get it back, a Specialist, get it back, a Specialist, get it back, a Mimic, Copy Specialist, get it back, a mimic, a mimic, a Mimic, a Mimic. And in the last copy, you get a Tuk Tuk Rubbleford. Which is a 3-mana card from Sendikar. 0-4 Defender Reach. Creatures you control have haste. Sorry, 0-3. And you just attack with your army of creatures.
0: So my first thought was, man, this deck is so cool. They really solved it. And then after looking at it more closely, I was like, how the hell do they ever draw Vanifar in this deck?
1: Oh, I know they don't.
0: Like, there's no tutors. There's, there's just four Vanifar and you just hope that you draw it in time.
1: That's how it works.
0: <laughs> so, things that may throw you off is like, okay, crashing drawbridge, that stands out so much. Like, why why are you playing that? It's just to give Anifar haste. 100%. And then if you're thinking, okay, well, I sack the drawbridge, what do I get? Do I get an extraction specialist and get the drawbridge back? And then what happens? Like, no, no, you don't do that. Forget that. Like, it actually does not work. You cannot go two to three and win. You have to have a one drop in play. Yes. Because all of this depends on getting the corridor monitor, of which there is only one. <laughs>
1: so, Kurusus' uh, so, version. So this is not Kurusu's version. Kurusu has not yet been able to 5-0. However, Kurusu is a mad lad. And even though I hate his decklists, I don't hate his ideas. And he's playing four Finn Artisan and a Accord of Calling.
0: I mean that's at least respecting the math, right? It's like, this 5-0 from Europer is not respecting the math. So that much.
1: gives him five ways to at least look for your Banifar.
0: I mean, that's something. I would just play Eldritch Evolution. I don't see what's the reason not to. Like, you have plenty of bad two-drops. You have Crashing Drawbridge. You have Voice of Resurgence here. You have Thalia.
1: So if I go turn one dork, turn two fin artisan, turn three, sacrifice my dork, get Banifar. Next turn, I can sacrifice the dork. I can sacrifice the artisan to get a specialist and it takes me an extra turn to combo off. That sucks. (laughs) Where does uh, this hurts my soul?
0: So I'm not a fan of this particular build, but it was not the worst combo deck in the five O's. There were there were certainly worse combos that five O this week in Pioneer. <laughs> uh, I'll name a couple. Did you know that if you have Bergy God of storytelling in play and a Hazaret's <laughs> monument, that you can go infinite with Grinning Ignis?
1: I know because Grinning Ignis, Grinning Ignis is one of those cards that are just waiting to get pro, to a combo, right? Like, no one has ever
0: played a fair Grinning Ignus. So Grinning Ignus, two and a red for a 2-2. It has such a weird ability. Pay one red, bounce it to your hand, you get to add two and a red to your mana pool. So it's just like increasing your storm count, but you're going to run out of red, right? Because every time you do this, you're down a red mana. Well, what if Berkey gives you that mana back? Uh, You also have three copies of Runaway Steamkin, which in a roundabout way also gives you the red mana back. And then if you want to like go infinite, you add another cost reducer. We have four Hazard's Monument for that purpose. And then you can actually like loot through your entire deck, because Hazard's Monument also uh, draws and discards. Make mana. It looks like the kill card of choice is Devilish Valley.
1: <laughs> also, Green news for some reason is an elemental, so Rise and Reef is going to draw your whole deck, even if you're not mana positive.
0: I mean, the pieces are all here.
1: Um, if you go, on your opponent's step, Collected Company, and hit something like Ignus plus recent Reef, you get two triggers, and if you turn, you just go, I don't know, Hazardous Monument or birshi even if you're not going to go mana positive, you're going to go mana neutral, you're going to draw your whole deck via recent Reef.
0: So the player Togek on Magic Online managed to 5 with this. this is a visionary deck building. I, I, I love just... this deck. I <laughs> I it think it's designed to get, like, a screenshot of what is the biggest possible Devilish Valley before Magic Online, like, stops calculating it.
1: Devilish the, the Valley has to be the most exponential creature today, right? Like, pretty, like, alongside an Academy manufacturer
0: Yeah, I mean, this one is cleaner. It just doubles, 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 doubles. Double, double, double. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And my pick for the worst combo deck in the dump is actually not this one, but it's... A deck that I'm calling uh, Winotaless Winota. <laughs> oh, this is again from Europe. or they're they're really going for it this week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're they're a great player. Obviously, they're frequently in the five O's in multiple formats. But this deck is like you took your Winota deck, gathering dust since the ban, cut the Winotas, cut the Tovlar's Hauntmasters, masters, and you're like, you know what would hit the spot is if I put Combat Celebrants in, and then play as the Troublemaker. To like copy the combat celebrant a bunch of times.
1: That's it, you should go infinite only.
0: I mean you'll run out of red eventually, Shh, but uh, yeah, this allows you to keep attacking with combat celebrant. Shh,
1: you don't, you never run out of red. Red is infinite. That's just the way of life.
0: We've seen this as well. You can do this with the the chapter three of Reflection of Kiki Chiki yeah. can also combo with combat celebrant.
1: And it's featuring four Fables of Fear or
0: So I don't believe in this deck at all, but it works.
1: If it works, how can you change it, right? <laughs> exactly. Kurusu, why are you playing Legend of Trader in your Banifar deck? Kurusu, you hurt my very soul. And two Alessands Curse in the sideboard, of course.
0: Of course.
1: I hate everybody.
0: So those are my picks for Pioneer, Mord. Okay. What about you? Anything catch your eye? Anything we should talk about before we <laughs> sign off here?
1: In Pioneer, I send my things about what I love, but I'm gonna jump to modern for a few decks. First of all, I want to talk about how, why, and again why, and why does it hurt my soul so much, again why, about this Asmo Imperial Recruiter deck.
0: (laughs) Mono-white Asmo.
1: It isn't mono-white, it's But the thing is, so, let's say you're playing an Imperial Recruiter deck, you're going to be like, okay, I need a lot of targets for it. What if I tell you your Imperial Recruiter deck can only get Esper Sentinel, Canonist. Ingenious Myth, Spellskite and Talia's Lieutenant. And that's it. You're playing 2 dispatch, and you're playing an Ursa Saga package as well, alongside Forasmo. Your sideboard is almost 11 different cards, mostly one-offs. And it's not like they're mostly Saga targets, no, no, you have random cards, like one Rest in Peace in your Oval Chase Daredevil Underworld Cookbook deck, which features a playset of Daredevil, and you have Rest in Peace in your sideboard.
0: I mean it looks mono-white to me because like there's there's not even regavans here. The the creature suite is Esper Sentinel, Ether Sworn Canonist, ingenious Smith, and like a one Thalius lieutenant. <laughs> why is that
1: here? Why is the here? Why th- why are there four recruiters here? Why are there more black sources than red sources in this deck?
0: Is that true? Yep. There's four concealed courtyard, one godless shrine, two okay.
1: <laughs> why just I need a gun to explain why.
0: Well, the player Migli keeps their secrets. Every two 2050. Congrats to them.
1: Congrats. Then, followed by that, I want to talk about that deck that I have loved the concept from the first day, which is Sky Tombly with Fervent Champion. The synergy between Sword of Fire and Ice and Fervent Champion is just amazing because it equips for 0 and you're just playing like a control deck that all of a can just, for one red mana, put you in an awkward spot because if they have a sword down, you always have to be careful. With one red mana, they can get a 3-3 three, three haste first-strike creature on your way with pro versus with protection from iset.
0: I mean, what I find so cool about this is that, like, let's say that their first play is Sword of Fire and Ice. And you're like, well, what a joke, you know? Sword of Fire and Ice on an empty board on turn three. Next turn, they can play Ranger-Captain of Eos, go find the Fervent Champion, cast the Fervent Champion. It has haste, yeah. so they, they can be attacking you with an equipped a sorted-up creature on the next turn.
1: And they can even sacrifice the ranger to protect it if you're playing, like, E-Set and make sure it equips. I
0: did not even think of that.
1: So it makes sure you will have a 3-3 with protection from red against decks like Porktide, which is insane.
0: I like that. Yeah, I mean, Fervent Champion is one of those cards that, you know, you should own a playset. It's been reprinted a bunch of times, so it's not, like, in any danger of (laughs) being expensive, but it's, like, super unique. Even though it does not work the way I want with Reality Chip, uh, it works with the Swords, it works with like Sunforger, it works with all kinds of cool stuff.
1: Exactly. Then I have two final decks I want to discuss. First off, um, Abhival Affinity, because I just love Abhival, there's nothing much more than that. It's just playing Ursa to get a lot of mana and Abhival people, because who doesn't love Abhival? My only problem is it only plays three Ursa Saga instead of four, but that's just the usual...
0: Three reality chips on this list.
1: Oh, look at that chip.
0: I mean, look at all the mana here. Four Mox Amber, four Moonsnare Prototype, two Springleaf Drum, four Urzas.
1: (laughs) I love it. Just everything makes mana. And finally, congrats to the worst card I have seen in a 5-0 dump since I have made some really bad decisions myself. Springleaf Adventure. So I'm actually going to read this card because I have confidence that nobody knows what I'm talking about. 5 mana 6-5, ninjutsu for 4. When it hits your opponent, you get a bad Eternal Witness trigger. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand.
0: So it's a 5 drop for a 6-5, but it's pretty cheap. I mean, ninjutsu for 4?
1: You can get the dream of oncing back a season pyro.
0: I know it sounds bad, but like, compare Fallen Shinobi. We used to play Fallen Shinobi, and that card was terrible. I
1: mean, yeah?
0: Almost the exact same pattern, right? Five to cast, four to ninjutsu.
1: Then, if you're comparing a card to fallen Shinobi trying to say it's not terrible, we are not going down the right path.
0: This is as powerful as a modern horizons card. <laughs>
1: Just gonna <laughs> If I ever that argument is gonna be good if I ever see you making a five-o with shade adventure.
0: My first ever five-o <laughs> will be with Shade, shade Adventure. adventure. <laughs> My first five-o. <5-0. laughs>
1: But yeah, besides that, finally, congrats to Ant getting another 5 0 with Crabbine, and then it was getting played by Canister, and finally, a Soyuz Control playing Timeless Dragon, because who doesn't love Timeless Dragon? What a beautiful card.
0: Oh, Ant didn't get a 5 0, he got a 10th place on the challenge. Even better.
1: Love you, Anthony. You
0: went six and two.
1: Yeah, he was talking to me. He was like, I might get the." F-. He was like, he sent me a message saying, okay, I might get top eight. And I text back like 15 minutes later. He was like, I didn't get the top eight. Oh. He was like, I might, oh.
0: <laughs> oh fum,
1: fum. And then Canister took his deck for a spin. So congrats to As per usual. Love you better. But yeah, that's it for Modern as well. Nothing too insane. But the meta keeps changing and I keep loving it.
0: Yeah, I don't consider these decks evidence of the meta changing at all, but (laughs) there's some of the fun that you can have.
1: We're finally free from the curse of the token. People are back to not being able to afford four colors, so people can go back to relaxing.
0: Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. So all that chatter coincided with people having access to the entire catalog.
1: It was not a coincidence. It was like, people finally can test that deck, so of course it's going to be an overwhelming influx. Hmm. You will see the crying stop over the following
0: days. (laughs) Well, we're going to keep our eye on both formats, as we always do. But for now, it's time to shift gears. So we're going to wrap it up for this episode. We will be back on Monday with a closer look at our card of the week, which is going to be Obnixilus the Adversary. And we'll tell you a little bit about our testing as well.
1: Exactly. So have a nice night, everybody.
0: Bye-bye. Deck lists for this episode can be viewed at our homepage, faithlessbrewing.com. And tune in next week for a post-mortem on Obnixlist the Adversary, plus testing results with Moderation and Jimmy Fay. Support for this podcast is provided by brewers like you. If you like what we do, you can join our community at patreon.com slash faithlessbrewing for Discord access, bonus content, and more. That's all for today, stay safe and we'll see you next time.